verse 6. Last week we mentioned that it was a dark, dark, dark time for the nation Israel. They were under bondage. Their king had completely forsaken and abandoned. Um, the God of Israel had turned the temple into uh, disrepair, had mocked the ways of God, and it was a dark time, and Isaiah... Had your spirit to do the ministering today. I pray that you would make personal this truth that we're going to look at today in each of our lives. Lord, may it truly transform how we view the very basic things of life. And I know you will be exalted as we allow your spirit to do his work. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Last week we looked at that aspect, that he is the Wonderful Counselor, that he came to give us counsel, that he came to direct us, that 
He in all His counsel is wonderful. No one will ever be able to say, God, you told me to do this and, and I did it and no, it's not working. No, every aspect of His counsel is completely perfect in all His ways. And, and He said, this baby that is born, this Christ child, is is wonderful and wonderful in his counsel and that is foundational for us to understand this gift that is given then he goes on and he says that he is the mighty god the mighty god the Hebrew word for God is El. It is taken from a root word that signifies strength. A literal translation of this title, the mighty God, would be the strong one. That he is the strong one. Now think of it. We are remembering during this season the birth of Jesus Christ and so innocently, so quietly, so humbly he comes into the world. But Isaiah says, I want you to understand this baby is the wonderful counselor. He is the mighty one. He is, and the very words that he uses here signify he is the uh, powerful warrior, the champion. He is the chief. He is the mighty one, the strong man, the valiant man, the prevailing or conquering God. You know, to, to every one of us, in particular, as men, in understanding that, it ought to be like, yeah, that's my God. And to every one of us as people, it ought to be that way. This is, this is the powerful one. This is the champion. This is the warrior. This is the mighty God. He adds the adjective mighty God, the the term that he uses for God already signifies the strong one, but he adds the mighty God, and and the two taken together express the all-powerfulness of Christ that is deity. He is God, and uh, he is the mighty God. He is One with the Father. He is equal with the Father. He possesses all the divine attributes. He is God. You know, in our lives growing up, we have various individuals that we may look up to. Many times a a son will look up to his father or or people look up to others and, and almost like, wow, they are it. Sometimes people look up to uh, sports here. No matter who it is you look to, there comes a time when they reach their peak and then they start going down. 
and you begin to realize, whoa, they, they weren't all I had elevated them to. You understand, Isaiah is saying here, this is the mighty God, the all-powerful one, and he will never, ever be diminished in his might and power. He manifested his power. Here's the babe in the manger. And as he grew and then he took upon himself his public ministry, he manifested this power in the way that he taught. You, you look at um, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Jesus taught and, and as they came unto him, he opened his mouth and taught them. And the, right, right out of the gate... He taught them the Beatitudes, completely against the grain. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are the humble in spirit. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Blessed are you when men shall persecute you. All of these blessings that he gave in in Matthew, the poor in spirit, All of those go against the grain of what we call blessed. But as they sat and heard him teach, they they were amazed. Then he went on and he, he taught about Christ's relationship with the law. He taught about marriage. He taught about revenge. He taught about prayer. He taught about giving. All of this is in in Matthew chapter five, six and seven. And it says, when he had finished, they marveled and took knowledge of him that he spoke as one that had authority, not as the scribes and the Pharisees. When Jesus taught, he showed he was the mighty God. No one, no one had ever heard teaching like this. No one had ever been spellbound with his teaching as, as they were with his teaching. And they, they knew and they saw this man, as they viewed him, has power. They marveled. They took knowledge. He spoke with great authority. But then as they followed him, he manifested his power by miracles. We cannot even begin to list all the miracles that Jesus did. But throughout his life, he performed miracles and raised the dead and healed the sick and gave sight to the blind and, and showed that what is easier to say, your sins be forgiven you, or to take up your bed and walk. And so after he had said, your sins be forgiven you, he said, take up your bed and walk. This is the mighty God. Who is able to do this? It, it presented a real problem for them that his miracles were showing that he is God in the flesh. So they tried to um, dissuade and turn aside and say, well, he's doing this by the power of Satan. 
but they were amazed at the authority and the power that he commanded. They said, he even commands unclean spirits, and they come out of them. The miracles that he he did proved and manifested his power. But he manifested his power in his victory over temptation. In Luke chapter 4, we read of the temptations. Every arrow of Satan was aimed against him with all the might that Satan could muster. And yet, without sin, without a taint of sin, he more than conqueror stood. He went foot to foot with Satan in the solitude of the wilderness, hand to hand with him on the pinnacle of the temple, and side by side with him in the midst of the busy crowd, and yet, When all was said and done, he was the mighty God, the conqueror, the champion. Satan did all within his might as he seized Jesus Christ in the garden and crushed him till he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. But when the Savior said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done, the tempter had to flee. Think about it, the temptations. In heaven, Lucifer fell to the appeal to be worshipped. One-third of the angels fell When Adam and Eve created and placed in paradise in the Garden of Eden, innocent as they were, when they were tempted, they fell. And every man and every woman who has ever lived has fallen except our mighty God. He is the mighty God. And He shows His might in his victory over temptation. But he shows his power by then going to the cross where he bore our sins. Isaiah said in Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our sin was upon him. Spurgeon described it in this manner. The heart of Christ became like a reservoir in the midst of the mountains. Now picture, if you would, steep mountains and a a reservoir lake there. All the tributaries of the streams of iniquity and every drop of the sins of his people ran down and gathered in this one vast lake. Deep as hell and as shoreless as eternity. All these evils met, as it were, in Christ's heart. And he endured them all. With many a sign of human weakness, but with convincing signs of divine 
omnipotence. He took all our griefs and he carried all our sorrows. And his Godhead strengthened his manhood through the wave after wave of our sin and evil rolled over his head till he sank in the deep mire where there was no standing and all God's waves and his billows had gone over him. Yet did he lift his head and more than a conqueror at length he put the sins of his people to public execution. They are dead. They have ceased to be, and if they be sought for, they shall not be found anymore, because he is the mighty God. I mean, you think of that. That should make our hearts just cry out, thank you, God. All my sin, all my rebellion, all my pride, he bore it all. And as wave, as Spurgeon said, wave after wave of our evil swept over him, yet the mighty God rose as the conqueror. And he showed his power in his death. But he showed his power in his resurrection. Not only bearing our sin in his death, but as he promised that he rose victorious, he rose triumphant over the grave, over sin, over death, over hell. This is Jesus Christ. Jesus is not to be some stained glass window. He's not to be a, a nice little puppy dog. He's, he's not a great teacher, just a great teacher. He's not a crutch. He's not a, a Sunday routine. He's not a, a wimp. He is the mighty God who has conquered all. And this is what Isaiah is saying He says, rejoice in the babe, but see the big picture. This is the mighty God. I want us today to look at some application of what it means that he is the mighty God. Number one, he is able to do what he promised. He is able to do. Because He is the mighty God, there is no limit to His power. He is able to do what He promised. And one of the things He has promised, He is able to forgive any and every sin. It doesn't matter where you have been. It doesn't matter what you have done. The promise of the gospel is that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ is enough to pay for your sin and my sin. He is the one that can give every human being a new beginning and the assurance of heaven. And all he asks us is to trust him. It doesn't matter what is in our past. It, it may be vile 
malicious words that we have destroyed people's character. It may be abortion. It may be adultery. It may be idolatry. It may be selfishness. It doesn't matter what it is. Because He is the mighty God, He is able to forgive all sin and make everyone a new creature in Christ Jesus. That's the message of the Gospel. And if He were not the mighty God, He could not forgive sin. He is able to do what He promised, that He is able to forgive any and every sin. He is able to do what He promised when He promised to seal us. Once we come to Christ for the forgiveness of our sin, He seals us with the ministry of His Spirit, and He puts within us His Spirit to guide us into truth and to empower us and to teach us and to comfort us and to be our our strength. We are sealed with the ministry of His Spirit The Spirit is the down payment, so to speak. Think of it. We haven't yet fully known all of salvation. We won't know that till we see Him face to face. But we are sealed by the Spirit of God. He's able to do what He promised. He's able to shepherd us. As He said, I am the good shepherd. And I've come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. He, because He is the mighty God, He is able to make all things work together for good to them that love Him and are committed to His purpose. In life, there are many, many bad things that happen. But because He is the mighty God, He is able to take all those things and make them work together for good. He is able to make all grace available so that every situation that comes into our life, because He is the mighty God, He will give me the grace that I need. He makes it available that I can appropriate it. Because He is the mighty God, He is able to do what He promised, and He will bring justice. In this world, it's not just today, but all the way through, ever since sin came into the world, injustice has prevailed. There are many things that are just not right. But because He is the mighty God, He promised that He will bring justice, and He will. He is the mighty God, and He promised that He would come as King of kings and Lord of lords, and He will. He is mighty to vanquish and destroy all enemies. He's going to fulfill every promise. Every promise in this book, He will fulfill it exactly as He has given it because He is able to do what He has promised. But a second application Because He is the mighty God, we have the power to live the Christian life. As a counselor, He can not only tell us what to do, but He is also the mighty God and He can energize us to do it. You understand, 
What good is it to forgive our sins but not give us the power to live a godly life? The frustration that would be there. And on the other hand, what good to give us the power to live a godly life if he didn't have the power to forgive our sins? He, he does both. He has the power to forgive our sins and then the power to energize us to live the Christian life. The problem is too many of us are trying to live the Christian life in our own effort and we're frustrated and we're weary and we're wore out. He has given us the power to live the Christian life through His Spirit. God energizes us. This is is so important. If Jesus is not enough for us as believers, why would He be enough for the world? I mean, think of it. If, if, If we don't have the power to live the Christian life, What do we have? No, He is the mighty God. And the reason we don't live the Christian life is because we're not tied into His power. He is the mighty God, and because of Him, we have power to live the Christian life. And because He is the mighty God, we can trust Him. The message of those two words, the mighty God, is simple. We may feel helpless, but God is abundantly able to help. The one who healed the lepers and raised the dead is the Lord that offers to you and I forgiveness and salvation. The Lord who created and sustains all that there is is the same Lord who calls you his child. If you believe he is God... Trust Him and serve Him. Do you believe He is the mighty God? If He is Almighty, then why not rest in His strong hands? If He is not the Almighty, then how do you think He'll really help you? If He is the mighty God, let's worship and serve Him. If He is not the mighty God, then let's... Quit pretending. Why do we go through this? Either He is the mighty God and He's worthy of all our praise and all our efforts and all our energies and all our heart and all our soul, or He really is not, and shut it down and go live your own life. This born child, this given son, God's unspeakable gift was given to express His power. He is far more than capable of defeating sin, of destroying Satan, of killing death, of snatching souls out of hell, of raising the dead, of answering prayer, and someday returning in full expression of His power. He is capable of redeeming men. He is capable and able and will bring all nations under His power. 
the core issue comes down to, do I really believe that? The core issue is, who is this Jesus? Is he the wonderful counselor? Is he the mighty God? How you answer that question will make a difference between a celebration of Christ's birth and just another excuse for a family get-together or a party or a meal. See, this ought to be the most joyous celebration for we as Christians because it's a reminder to us, a wonderful counselor and the mighty God. He will never lose His power and all my sin has been forgiven And all His grace is available to me in all of this life. He is the mighty God. And the world may look like it's mighty and it's evil. But God is going to subdue it in all its ways. And all the nations of the earth will perform His will. But apart from this mighty God, life is meaningless and clueless, and fatiguing, and empty, and dark. Without Jesus, there is no reason for hope. There's no purpose. There's no way. There's no path. And there is no forgiveness for the past. Do you understand the message of the mighty God is that He has conquered sin? The message of the mighty God is that He is all-powerful and nothing will prevent Him from being glorified. And He invites me to be one with His power. He invites me to work in His plan. The mighty God, the strong one, that's my God. He's not just a cute little babe in a manger. Isaiah said he is the mighty God. Heavenly Father, I pray that your spirit would more than stir our hearts, but change our lives with understanding that You are the mighty God. Lord, I pray for individuals here today that Satan may be hounding them with their past. Lord, I pray if they have come to You for the forgiveness of sins, that they would be set free from their past, knowing that You have forgiven their sins And they are a new creature in you because you are the mighty God. Lord, I pray for individuals that perhaps have never come to know you as personal Savior. I pray today they would trust you as you bore that lake of sin that we poured upon you for us. That you paid the penalty. Lord, I pray today individuals would cry out to you for forgiveness. And then, Lord, I pray that hearts would be encouraged today that our God is the mighty, strong, conqueror, 
champion, the prevailing one, the mighty God. Lord, I pray that our faith would be strengthened, that it's not a faith in our faith. It's not a faith in ourself. It's not a faith in history. It's a faith in the mighty God. Lord, thank you that the mighty God came to this earth so that we could know the mighty power of you at work in our lives. While our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, 